Hi, my name is Megan Smalley and I'm with Recycling Today Magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective Podcast. I'm here today with Aaron Gabby, who is the General Manager at Gabby Iron and Metal, which is based in the Chicago area. Aaron has been with the company for about 10 years. He's a fourth generation owner in the family business. Prior to that, he has held several sales positions at other Chicago area businesses. So thanks for coming on the show today, Aaron. How's it going? It's going good, Megan. Thanks very much for having me. So tell me about yourself. What do you do for Gabby Iron and Metal currently? And uh, what do you do for fun when you're not working? Well, I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago, about 30 miles south of downtown. I was, I'm still a very active, fun, energetic guy, you know, always looking for an adventure. Anyone who knows me knows I'm pretty much down for anything. You know, if you got a last minute ticket to a game, I'm always in. If you want to meet up for dinner or drinks, I'm always in. Uh, I'm very lucky to still have my family in Chicago, uh, where I work with my father, Barry Gabby, who's the president of Gabby Iron at the yard. And I'm still close to my younger sister and brother, where we get together fairly often. For Gabby Iron and Metal, it's a family scrap business, so I seem to manage uh, many aspects of our company. Uh, on a typical day, you can find me out in our front dock overseeing our non-ferrous operations, but as a small company, I'm also running on the yard all day long, doing a little bit of everything. So Aaron, tell me, how did you get your start in the scrap recycling industry? Did you always plan on joining your family's business? How did that happen exactly? I got the start in the scrap business at a very young age. Like many others, I feel like in my situation, I would go to work with my fathers on Saturday and I'd play at the yard doing any really any dirty job I can get myself into. Uh, you know, typically I'd be tasked to run the cam machine or clean underneath it um, as I was small enough to crawl under and around the dock. Uh, my mom always made sure I had a change of clothes that my dad had because each time I would go, I'd basically need a power wash before I would go back home. As I got older, I still enjoyed going to the yard. I enjoyed learning how to run the machines, driving the machines, or even fabricating some metal sculptures with my brother, Max. You know, going to the yard was always like a playground, and that's still kind of how I treat it today. I didn't really plan on joining the scrap business, but I think somehow, you know, in the back of my mind, uh, I always knew I would end up there, and that's where I find myself today. Got it. Uh, did your dad or mom have to ask you to come back to the business about 10 years ago when you joined, or was it pretty straightforward? Well, originally, I didn't, you know, have plans to get into the scrap business. You know, it was, as you mentioned, you know, 10, 12 years ago that, you know, I wasn't really happy with my current position at some other companies as our yard was, um, you know, aging as, as my dad was getting older and looking for some new fresh blood. Uh, he kind of poked me in, in some ways that kind of got me to, to rethink about it and to come into the scrap business. And, um, you know, I kind of just uh, took that leap You know, I knew, didn't really know what I was getting myself into, um, you know, for not ever working at the scrap business, you know, on a, on a daily basis, you know, it was just going there to have some fun, like I said, fabricate and, and go around the yard, you know, getting into trouble. But, you know, once I got into it, I, I really have never looked back. Got it. And to start your career, you held a few sales positions for businesses outside of your family's business. So how have you applied the lessons you've learned in sales to your work at Gabby Iron and Metal today? You know, for, yeah, for several years, you know, after college, I went to, went to work with a few other companies in unrelated industry. You know, I worked for two large communication companies 
where I really was really able to hone my business skills and learn how to sell various different products. You know, those few years after college, before I got into the scrap business, I really learned a lot of sales techniques uh, and a lot of ways to deal with, you know, very, very many business aspects. And I, I still use it, you know, today. You know, it was not really a fit in the end in terms of working with other communication companies, but it was a great experience. Um, you know, enjoyed the experience of my life. I, I definitely don't regret going to work with other companies to gain that experience before step into the family business because it's quite a different dynamic working for a family scrap company or even just scrap companies in general versus many other types of um, you know businesses out there, whether it be communications or you know, something financial related or, or anything else. So Aaron, you grew up in the scrap business. What's it like now today working with family members on a day-to-day basis? What are the pros and cons to that? Yeah. You know, growing up in the scrap business has been great. You know, as I said earlier, I'm very active, you know, very curious kid. So I always had fun uh, working with my dad and, and turning it into, you know, a fun activity. Uh, which I still do today. You know, I'd find myself as a kid really like working on and repairing go-karts with my friends. You know, we would ride those around the neighborhood. We would crash them. We would bring them back to the yard. We would fix them up. We would change them here and there and then go back out again. You know, I would take, you know, various pieces of metal and and build them into, you know, skate ramps and rails, uh, you know, that I would play on as a kid. You know, one experience that I always remember is, as when we were growing up, um, we used to recycle cars and automobiles at our facility. So uh, on the weekends, my friends and I, we'd come to the yard, we would drive the cars around. And, um, you know, that's actually where I learned to drive stick shift is in a, you know, old Ford Escort station wagon, you know, that came in one year that, you know, my dad put off to the side, I threw some gas in it, put a battery in it and, and off we went. So had a, a lot of fun with that. I still work with several members of my extended family today at the yard. I have two cousins and uncle that I work with as we manage our daily operations. It has its pros and cons, you know, working with the family can certainly be tricky, but also has its perks of them being your business partners, you know, daily and weekly. It seems like we butt heads, uh, but in the end, some, somehow we seem to figure it out and, you know, continue this, this legacy of Gabby iron. Awesome. Well, that's cool to hear that, you know, everything's working out together and all of that. Um, I think that can be a huge benefit to companies. So I guess uh, elaborate a little bit for me. What's it like to work at Gabby Iron and Metal? What's the culture like? And what are some new things going on at the company in 2021? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, working with at Gabby Iron and Metal has has been a great experience for me. Um, You know, we're very personal and we have a very family-like culture. Uh, with a good work-life balance. You know, I think that's some of the, the pros of being in a family business is, you know, you can, you know, adapt to what's going on with everyone's personal schedules, uh, what's going on with their families, and, and you can have, have that good balance. You know, for 2021, I'm really, really still trying to figure out what those new things may be. Uh, we just recently took delivery of a new material handler kind of replacing our ever aging equipment. Gabby Iron, we're a 111 year old company and you know we could always use some new and updated machinery. 
I like to dream big. So sometimes my ideas and hopes are not necessarily always in line with what will actually transpire, but I'm always trying to push the needle. You know, I'm always working with my cousins, my father, my uncle to reinvent the wheel, to look at things with a, a new and fresh perspective and, you know, add my two cents in there. You know, very, very often, you know, we get, we get into a, the same groove or the same pattern that we've been doing year after year after year. And I think that's one of the things that my dad, you know, saw that I could bring to the table is, is that fresh perspective, uh, some new eyes and some ideas that I can take from my previous experiences and really apply them today. So, you know, I see, always see the glass as, as half full, you know, that's just the way I look at life. So you know, I think there's always potential and I'm always looking out for really the next big thing for, for our company. So, and in your time in the scrap industry, the past 10 years, what are some lessons you learned early on that have stuck with you over the years? Well, some lessons I've learned, you know, early in my career are really to step outside my comfort zone. You know, things that are uneasy to me, you know, are, are typically not worth worrying about. You know, as, as I've got into things, you know, and it's a little bit uneasy that if I, you know, step outside that comfort zone, it's really not always that big of a deal. I've always tried to ask for help. You know, I found that most time people are willing to lend a hand if you just ask. And it could really make a job much easier versus trying to struggle and not knowing the answer. And, you know, by doing those couple simple, easy steps, I've been really able to learn a lot, to grow, to learn from, you know, other mentors, my father, my uncle, you know, other people within the industry have, that have been there, you know, and have that experience and, and they're willing to pass it on. And so just by willing to ask for that little bit of help, you know, ask for some assistance you know, they're always been very willing uh, and forthcoming to provide, you know, the answers I'm looking for to, you know, get me to a, a level where I feel more comfortable doing my job and or uh, taking over the company. So you mentioned stepping outside your comfort zone. Do you have like any specific examples of times that you were able to step outside your comfort zone in your career and what happened with that? Well, you know, one example that really kind of stands out is a few years ago, I was asked to join the Israel Chicago chapter. And, you know, at the time, I, I didn't really feel comfortable um, being early on in my career, uh, joining the Chicago chapter as a board member or taking a, a role within the industry. But by doing so, it really opened up a ton of doors. I've had a great experience going to Israel board events, uh, you know, going to convention and going to roundtables and going to all the other events that ISRI puts on. And I've really learned a lot. You know, I've, I've networked with people all across the country. I now have various other uh, peers and or colleagues, I could say, that um, are across the country from New York to Arizona to California. And, you know, whether I'm traveling in one of those states, I often try and go stop by their yard, see what they do you know, see how they operate it and learn from that. So, you know, it was a great experience. I don't think if someone kind of pushed me into that, I would be, uh, I would have taken that step, but it was, it was a great experience. I'm still very active within ISRI today. Uh, I try and, you know, participate in, in the Chicago chapter as well as national events. And uh, it's something I try, I will try and continue to do, you know, as, as I'm in this industry, as long as I know. That's awesome. So I want to follow up too. 
What do you see as the biggest issues in the scrap recycling industry today? And why would you say those are issues for the industry? And I guess, do you also have any suggestions on how the industry can overcome those? Yeah. I mean, some of the biggest issues you know, that, you know, that I see in the scrap industry are trying to educate the public on what truly is recycling, you know, what we do and what is recyclable. So many people I talk to still don't really understand the impact that we have on a local and national economy. Um, you know, the jobs we create, uh, the millions of pounds of material we divert from the landfills. And so I think educating everyone from kids to adults is critical for the scrap industry. You know, I often, you know, collect materials, you know, from our front dock where, as I mentioned earlier, you'll typically find me um, on our front receiving dock. And, you know, as people bring stuff in, I, I often mention the other items that we accept and we purchase to recycle, you know, like pots or pans or lawnmowers or Christmas lights, extension cords, you know, PCs, bicycles, toasters, microwave. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, you know, most commonly the, the response I get back is, you know, I never thought of that. I didn't know you guys take that and I didn't know I could even recycle that too. So, you know, continuing to let people know what is recyclable, that there's so many common things that we use on a daily basis that can be recycled, do have value, is I think very important to letting the general public know about. You know, ISRI had a campaign, and I think still has this campaign, that recycling is bigger than the bin. And, you know, that simple concept, you know, is, is really hits heart, really hits home, you know, that we need to continue to educate the public on you know what is recyclable that's not just a couple things that you put in your curbside bin that it's everything from manufacturing to like i said bicycles to your computer and, and all these uh, different things around us got it yeah education is a huge thing what's been gabby iron and metals role in educating its uh, neighbors and the community what are some ways that the company has done that you know over the past few years i've definitely gotten involved with working with our neighboring towns and municipalities on um, various recycling events, whether it be a recycling drive that a, a town or, or neighborhood is holding for collecting everything from tires to paint cans to PCs to TVs to styrofoam to plastics, you know, so, you know, I've gotten Gabby Iron involved in those events. And it's, it's been great, you know, educating the public, you know, putting out some signage, talking to people about the other things that we accept. And, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, everyone's reaction is really, you know, I just didn't know you can recycle that. You know, they, they see the bin, they, they know the plastic bottles, the milk jugs that they put in there, but they don't think about all these other things, Christmas lights, you know, or extension cords that, you know, have copper and plastic in it that both can be recycled if done properly. I've also worked with the community on an event called Pop-Up Science, and it was really a, a community event designed for young kids to educate them on recycling and just kind of tying in the science behind recycling to, you know, what is recycling. And a good example of that is, you know, I always joke that when I was a little kid growing up, you know, you had science class and you had the periodic table. And the periodic table just seems so far-fetched and it, so far-fetched. It didn't seem something that was practical or that I'd ever use in my, you know, daily life. 
And, you know, now with these, you know, analyzers we have and the ability to, you know, use that technology to analyze different types of metals, I'm constantly actually referring back to the periodic table to look up what's this element and what's this element. And that if you tie various different alloys and elements together, I guess it makes that alloy. And so this pop-up science event I had with uh, the Homewood Science Center uh, was really kind of bringing those, you know, two things together, recycling and science, showing kids, you know, the chemistry of what's in metals, some of the chemical reactions uh, that you get from uh, different processes of recycling and or the metallurgy, uh, you know, behind what makes these alloys that we use, you know, in our phones, you know, on the tables that we sit at, on our computers that are all combined from all these different elements to make to make everything work. Awesome. Now, what are some new technologies that you hope to see scrap recyclers embrace more and why? And also, are those technologies that Gabby Iron and Metal has embraced? You know, that's a good question. You know, so much of our business, you know, currently relies on old technology. You know, we hand sort materials, we have operator driven machinery, etc. You know, but as new and, and better capabilities are available, you know, I look forward to implementing those into Gabby Iron. You know, one thing I've recently learned and have noticed from other companies is the use of social media to kind of educate and advertise, you know, the public on what they do and what is acceptable and what they purchase. You know, we don't use a ton of social media at Gabby Iron, but I think that's a great way of getting the word out. You know, we're all too guilty. You know, we all spend way too much time on our phones and just that easy technology of social media, Instagram, Facebook, you know, pop-up ads, whatever it may be, it can reach such a wide range, uh, such a wide audience, you know, and hopefully, you know, provide more revenue to our companies and really educate people, you know, what can be and what needs to be recycled. Got it. Now, as a final question, where do you see the scrap industry heading in the next couple of years? What trends do you think we'll see and what changes do you think could come? You know, these days, you know, anything is, is possible. Um, over the next few years, you know, I see the scrap industry continuing to stay strong. I see it growing and really gaining momentum. Uh, you know, over the past few months, we've seen a tremendous increase in prices, you know, from steel to non-ferrous, you know, aluminum, the copper COMEX. I mean, everything is at, uh, you know, near or at record highs. So I don't know. I wish I had the, the crystal ball on where things are going to continue, but I, I definitely see things staying strong. I continue to think that education, you know, for recycling as it continues to grow and the next generations learn about the importance of our industry, uh, we're going to have a strong and stable market and hopefully a growing economy along with that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Aaron. Thank you very much for having me.